Welcome to the Pathways mini podcast series, the show that dives into women's social entrepreneurship in Southeast Asia and brings some remarkable women entrepreneurs into your home, car, or wherever you're listening. I'm your host, Stephanie Finnegan from Value for Women. And today we're talking about getting the big picture, walking coaching sessions, and getting in early. We also have a number of recommendations for you at the end of the show. So make sure you listen all the way through. We need more solutions to solve today's challenges and particularly to solve those challenges that disproportionately impact women like access to finance. Yet solutions driven by women and for women are underinvested in. If you've listened to the previous episodes in this podcast series, you will know that this is due in part to the fact that acceleration tends to exacerbate gender gaps. After acceleration, men-led startups raise more than two and a half times the equity that women-led startups raise. That's a tough pill to swallow. So for all those accelerators and incubators that are increasingly focusing on women entrepreneurs, we want to help you design your programs to overcome gender gaps. While working at a leading consulting firm, I saw a deep market gap with social impact potential to help the micro business in Vietnam receive funding for growth. That's how Kiman was started. The problem of capital funding for small and micro business, especially women-led business, is universal across different developing countries. Kimang is now serving more than 10,000 business, with more than 75% of our customers are women. That is Tracy Fan, who we talked to because her business, Kimang, is using fintech and partnering with financial institutions to increase SME's financial inclusion in Vietnam. Ms. Fan's pathway to get to where she and her company are today was reflected in the stories of many of the 21 successful women entrepreneurs in Southeast Asia with whom we spoke. Understanding these women's pathways shines a light on how business development services can take into account the challenges and opportunities that are specific to women leading early stage social enterprises in the region. Going back to that snippet we just heard from Ms. Fan, the leading consulting firm she mentioned was McKinsey. She had joined them after coming back to Vietnam following a long stint abroad. I've spent 10 years working and studying in the US, Canada, and China before coming back to Vietnam, also 10 years ago. When I came back to Vietnam, I worked at large corporations and later I joined McKinsey. That's where I met Kimang co-founder and together we started Kimang six years ago. Remember how I said Miss Fan's pathway reflected the pathways of many of the successful women social entrepreneurs with whom we spoke? Again and again, we heard about university-level education at elite institutions abroad or at leading universities at home. The same for robust industry experience, whether in the corporate or nonprofit sector. Having this educational and professional background played out in multiple ways to drive success in women's later business ventures, from the knowledge to connections, networks, and international exposure that these spaces would provide. So we wanted to dive deeper into these success factors. Ms. Fan told us about the golden nuggets from her years living and working abroad and her subsequent years in consulting. So I believe that by living in many countries and then having exposures to various consulting projects, I was getting the working experience, getting the professional network, and also understanding the problem at a big picture level. 
For the segment that Kimang service, which is the micro business segment, a large financial gap exists in many developing countries like Indonesia, Thailand, Philippines. When it's time for me to work on the solution for the local market, uh, I have better business perspective and approach on how to compete regionally and to service the segment better. And it wasn't just about the vision she gained at McKinsey. That period of her career also connected her to a powerful network. The professional network from the early years helped me build Kimang team and raise the initial capital for my company. Also, I think working as a consultant helped a lot in building the problem-solving mindset, strengthening my communication, and build an international team. That was a great help to me when I first get started with Kimang. This podcast was made possible thanks to the support of the Advancing Women's Entrepreneurship Fund, an activity under the Andy Gender Equality Initiative in partnership with the U.S. Agency for International Development, which you probably know as USAID, and the Visa Foundation. Talking to Ms. Fan got us thinking about how accelerators can mimic these success factors for women who come in with similar grit and vision, but maybe didn't have access to an international education, time abroad to hone communication skills, or a career in a top firm. We got to thinking about this because we need more Ms. Fans. And if accelerators and incubators continue to only pick entrepreneurs who come in with the success factors Ms. Fan had, these programs would likely miss women who have the potential to achieve similar growth and impact and they would be leaving money on the table. Entrepreneurial intermediary programs have the opportunity to select for these women too, and provide them with what they need to achieve similar results. For example, for women who didn't have the opportunity to study or live abroad or work at a top firm, accelerators can embed collaboration with fellow participants and provide mentorship and networking opportunities. They can design programming to strengthen public speaking and pitching skills, including in English. And I'm not saying here that accelerators should teach English, but they definitely can develop partnerships to provide this service. And accelerators committed to gender equality can even engage entrepreneurs on developing gender forward business practices. That is developing products and services that have a disproportionate impact on women's lives, such as affordable quality childcare. For those women entrepreneurs who may not have the confidence of their male counterparts when pitching their ideas, which is certainly not the case for all women, but it is for some, particularly in the face of investor bias and parents initially not being supportive. For these women, accelerators can reduce the importance of pitching. And Ms. Fan had one more idea. Investors can come into the process early from seed stage and to provide guidance in business operation, such as a playbook of what works and what doesn't, as well as giving founder advice in fundraising strategy. Before wrapping up our interview with Ms. Fan, we asked her for her top tip for investors to better support women social entrepreneurs. I think investors can find new ways for women founder to build professional network beyond the usual after hours meeting over drinks. Late night socializing might or might not work for some women founders, especially those with young family and result in lost opportunities for both sides. So for example, one of my investors would have walking slash coaching section with me where we walk around certain neighborhood and I can openly share different challenges to my personal growth as well as business growth. 
Uh, for me, that was very effective coaching time. If accelerators, incubators, and investors take heed of these tips, they will be restacking the deck for women and communities. Make sure to check out Ms. Fan's profile in the Pathways for Success report at www.v4w.org. That's the number four. And listen to the rest of this series available in the same place you accessed this episode. More women, more pathways, more insights. Finally, if you work for an accelerator, incubator, and investor, check out the report for the full list of recommendations to apply a gender lens to the business support process for social entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening to Pathways. Before we go, show some love for this new podcast by leaving us a review on your favorite streaming platform. Value for Women is a specialized advisory firm helping organizations advance gender inclusion. Value for Women works with a range of institutions, including SMEs, investors, and financial institutions across Africa, Asia, Latin America, and the Pacific to drive gender forward solutions within their operations. The tracks you heard on this podcast are Illumination by Siddhartha Corsis and Digital Age by Scott Holmes from freemusicarchive.org.